What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Tim Carmen. Tim is an international touring musician, session drummer, educator, and published author with both Alfred Music and Hudson Music. He's released five books, and we talk all about them at the end of our chat. But Tim currently records and tours extensively with GA20, a three-time Billboard number one blues trio, as well as leading two of his own projects, Tim Carmen and the Street 45s, a world group-inspired funk band, and the Tim Carmen Trio, which is a vintage organ jazz trio. He loves to shuffle, and I love this chat. Big shout out to Zach from the podcast Working Drummer for connecting Tim and me. Tim has excellent choices, and he actually picked one of my favorite honorable mentions ever. And so I hope you enjoy the five records that shaped Tim Carmen into the drummer he is today. Cheers. First of all, welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That. I'm happy to be here. The way I do these intros, I usually just kind of just start the conversation or whatever. But hi, for the list, what was your criteria for an album to even be in the running to make this top five? Totally. It was it was difficult. I'm not going to lie to figure it out. But um, I kind of whittled it down to, I'd say, albums that were almost like a gateway drug for me into a new style of music that I hadn't really, that either I hadn't been able to get into yet or that I was just completely unaware of. So I'd say that was kind of the first stipulation. And then second was an album that to this day I still listen to and still mm -hmm. really enjoy. Because um, there, there were some of those albums that now I listen back and I'm like, that doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't do it for me anymore. So That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So next up, I, I sometimes ask people, I guess, if you were, were to do like those pro drum, Nelson drum shop grooves of the day where they film you for 30 seconds and just say, go, what would you play? But I guess another way to word it maybe would be, What's your sound check groove? Yeah, double shuffle right off the bat. With a snare, do, do, got that double, thing. Exactly, because I'm on tour with GA20, and that's basically like my bread and butter right there. Sure. So yeah, double shuffle immediately. That's, that's, my, that's my most comfortable uh, place to, to sit for sure. And also, it's because, you know, Matt, uh, our guitarist, and Pat, the other guitarist, both want to hear my snare drum while they're playing. So they, you know, it helps them with the monitors as well to make sure that they can, sure. they can lock in. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a good one to use. All right. Well, let's just hop in. Let's get to know you a little more through Perfect. your choices. So number one, I love this record. It's the color and the shape artist is Foo Fighters release here is 97. It's crazy. It's 97. And of yeah. course the drummer's Dave Grohl. So take it away, man. Yeah, this was uh, this album was huge for me. I mean, I was born in 1989, so I was pretty young when it came out. And then the first concert I ever went to actually was the Foo Fighters opening for the Red Hot Chili Peppers in I think it was either 1999 or 2000. My aunt took me, and I, I was like 10 years old, 11 maybe. And so shout out to my aunt Missy. It was one of you know one of those experiences that you you never forget. I just remember like the bass just hitting my core, my entire body just feeling everything, and I was like, this is this is fantastic. 
and I, it kind of, you know, I fell in love with music, I think a little bit that day. So ever since that show, and then I spent a lot of time listening to the album and playing along with it. And to this day, even like every fill that Dave Grohl does on that album, I can sing and it's just, mm -hmm. you know, it's so musical and tasteful and perfect for each song. Where were you on your journey of, I guess, um, what was your skill level when you saw them? What was that like? I think I was 10 or 11 when I saw them. And I was fortunate that my older brother, he still is a guitarist, but he started a punk band. So I was, I was playing in his punk band when I was about 10. Mm. I mean, I was, I was definitely still, still a beginner, very much so. But, uh, but I was you know, listening to music and practicing and trying to you know, get into it a little bit. So going to that show opened the door for more grunge acts for me and obviously Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots. And just that was a whole uh, thing that I definitely dove into after, after that show. So it was, like I said before, I, I consider it like a gateway drug yeah. <laughs> into, the, into that style. Did you know at the time, like the guy on the drums is not the guy on the record or is it like, how was your <laughs> knowledge? Of no, that? I, I knew that I knew that Dave Grohl was in Nirvana, mm -hmm. but I think that was the extent to how much I knew about it. Okay. And I also was a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan at that time. So I think initially I went more to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but mm. who I still, you know, nothing against them. I still love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I think I left that show more like, oh, I need to listen to the Foo Fighters more too. So, yeah. So that would have been Taylor playing. Um, yeah. Right, yeah. 99. It was, wow. it was Taylor playing. Yeah. And it kind of came full circle because uh, my band GA20, we just played Boston Calling and the headliner was the Foo Fighters at that festival. So I was like, oh, this is sweet. <laughs> you know, just, did you get to say hi to Dave or no, or no, they were, they were like, you know, they were. No, off on their own yeah sure their own session, as they it, should be yeah know. exactly but it was it, yeah josh killed it it was amazing watch mm -hmm. him play that gig so all right well here is well which one would you want to play hey johnny uh, park yeah the second i think it's the second track is called hey johnny park oh hey johnny park okay yeah <laughs> funny enough i think that so, this song has actually been on the podcast before and i should have known it but uh oh, no worries anyways yeah. hey johnny park here we go
I mean, the entire album front to back is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. I chose this one because I think it's lesser known. People don't talk about this track as much, and it's really tasteful and, and interesting. So, absolutely, a lot of dynamics for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. So number two, Sweet. and uh, very. I don't want to say left turn, right turn. It's a turn. Yeah. In a good way. For sure. So, for sure. Cracklin by Roy Haynes with Booker Irvin and the release year is 1963. The release or the key track is a uh, Scoochie and yeah, the drummer's Roy Haynes. So I had to, I, I, this is not on Spotify. I had to find it on, on YouTube, which all the cool records are, you got to hard to find. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, take it away and then we'll play some, some Scoochie. This was a gateway into jazz for me, you know, basically after getting in the Foo Fighters, I, and I got into punk rock a lot. Um, and I was playing a lot of that. Then come high school, freshman year, I went to this school called the River School, which had a, like a jazz conservatory. And I auditioned and I joined the jazz band. And, you know, I'd been playing punk shows where I'm playing as loud as possible. And all of a sudden I'm playing jazz and I'm like, what, what is going on here? You know, mm-hmm. but it was, so it was a whole, it was a whole new world for me. And, um, you know, people gave me records to check out. And as a 14 year old, I, I really, I couldn't, you know, nothing was just clicking for me with it. Then uh, my my teacher at the time, this guy Bob Galati, who uh, is kind of like a legendary Boston jazz drummer who played in the Fringe. He, I remember this one lesson. Uh, I think he could tell that it wasn't clicking for me, and he gave me this record. He burned it on a CD and gave it to me. Just the first track is is Scucci, and Roy Haynes is just like blistering on it. And I, it, it really connected with me because I'm like, I was a punk drummer and I heard the explosive nature of his playing and I was like, okay, I get this now. And from that, you know, that album, I just, I listened to nonstop. There's some Dorian, Honeydew, there's some really good tracks on it. You know, it, it opened the door to jazz for me. And when I teach also, and when I teach, you know, younger kids, this is kind of one of those albums. I'll, I'll give them the YouTube link. I'm like, check this out. You, you know, you might, you might dig this. And it's Larry Ridley on bass, Ronnie Matthews on piano and Booker Irvin on tenor sax. And it's a killer album. Yeah, I spent a lot of time just trying to keep up with this tempo as like a 14 and 15 year old. You know, it's blazing <laughs> fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a no effects song. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. 
It's just very like, cool. <laughs> I remember just trying to, I, what I would do with my lessons, uh, Bob Galati, he always had, he had like a big speaker set up, you know, behind the kit and you would, you just put it on and I'd try to play along with it, get to the oh, solo. Wow. And, and he always kept the volume fairly low too. So just trying to play at that tempo at a quiet volume when I had been playing Oof. it in a punk band too. I'm I just, we'd get to the solo and I just started like hitting stuff. And, well, I don't really, <laughs> let's just try yeah, to, yeah. trying to keep up with it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, it's, it's, the, the album's amazing. I love, I love that album. Forks Drum Closet, Nashville's full-line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street, Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37210. Or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. All the information I just said is at ForksDrumCloset.com. What's your process of transcribing? I don't really do it. I mean, I, I have because I also teach and I've transcribed lessons and stuff. But like, yep. what's what's your process of doing that? Yeah, so I know there's like different views. Like some people say that you should never write anything down. It should always be memorization. I know some friends who do that. But personally, I if if the solo is like that solo and it's pretty fast, I'll use like amazing slow downer or on YouTube, mm. you know, put it on half speed or whatever and then just mm. take it you know, a couple of measures at a time and kind of just plug away at it pretty much. Yeah, I guess I don't really have a view on it, like if it's better or I mean, I just don't just because I it's worked for me so far. Yeah, but, totally. I mean, who knows? I could be 10 times more successful if I transcribed all my you stuff. Yeah, I think and, everyone's you know, who different. Knows? I know I remember Mike Clark was saying on I, I follow him on social media and he was saying how he never transcribed stuff directly. He would just like listen and get the basic vibe from a drummer and be like, oh, like, get inspired and try to do stuff like he kind of hears it, but never note for note. So I think yeah. it's works, you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. Type of thing. I've definitely, uh, you know, looked at things note, note for note and then realized like, Oh, this sticking of this thing I've done for my entire life feels way better this way. It's kind of like yeah. the myth yeah, of the yeah. cave, you know, you don't know what you know till you know, you don't know it, you know, totally. Um, for sure. But all right. So number three, Album is Funkify Your Life, the Meters Anthology. Yes. This is, of course, the Meters, 1995, but it's obviously from many releases prior to that. Um, key tracks, Livewire, Yeah, You're Right, Pungy, Sissy Strut, of course, and yeah, Zigaboo Modalise. So take it away, and then we'll listen to some Meters. Yeah, I, I you know, thought hard about this, and I was like, I, I have to include this album because I spent a ton of time, you know, trying to dig into the feel of his playing you know in between the cracks or in the cracks between swung and straight which is uh when you haven't heard it before when you first hear it it's it definitely you know throws you off in an interesting way and mm -hmm. it, it took me a long time and i'm still constantly trying to work on that type of thing playing in the cracks and uh, i do it a lot actually with ga20 um, we we do a lot of stuff that swings and we do some stuff that's straight but when we do things that are straight I tend to approach it more like the early rock and roll in yeah. the cracks, not really exactly straight. And I think playing along with the meter stuff and studying Zigaboo kind of, as well as like Earl Palmer kind of helped me understand that a little bit better. 
100%. And, and watching videos by, you know, Stanton Moore, who's an expert on that and has spent, you know, no, he was on your, on your show as well. He's a, a favorite of mine and he spent a lot of time working on that stuff. And, and when I was, I went to Berkeley for two years while I, and I was in the meters ensemble there and got to like dig into it a little bit, which was great. So what is, what does that mean? Meters ensemble? It's just, uh, there's basically that school has ensembles for, you know, there's a tower power ensemble, then there's a meters ensemble and you just, it's like a class every day you, you go and you rehearse with a band and you guys learn meter songs That's and so there's a cool. teacher who, who directs it. And then at the end of the semester, there's, you, you do a concert where you perform all the meter songs. So have that there was cool. any been like, like is David Garibaldi come to the tower one or Zig I mean, like well, actually Stan Moore came in uh, and, and gave a clinic at Berkeley while I was in the meters ensemble. So I got to hang out with him a little bit. Yeah. I did the tower of power ensemble too, actually, which was, which was wild. That was fun. So yeah, that's two completely different approaches to funk for sure. Yeah, I mean both both incredible. I think to this day I you know I connect with both of them still. So yeah. Let's just listen to some Zigaboo. I love it. I yeah, can't get enough perfect. of him. So which one do you want to listen to? Livewire? Let's yeah, do Livewire. Right? Okay. Yeah, let's do Livewire. I love that track. Oh, so, so good. good. I love the little, he hits the cymbals, cut like a da-da. He hits two little, it's just like a nice little addition to the groove. A lot of little subtlety in, in what he what he does. Like I didn't really notice that symbol thing until I learned the beat, and I was like, "Oh wow, this doesn't sound right because I'm not finishing the phrase with that little little symbol hit." I got to see him, uh, it was a festival, I think it's called Arroyo Seco Weekend or something like that. This was in 2016. It was out in Pasadena, California. Mm. I saw him play with the meters, which is not a usual thing. He doesn't play with the meters that much anymore. And seeing him live was wild. He, he has so much energy. He's a lot louder live than I expected. He really, he hits the drums and gets a great sound out of them. So it was cool to watch him do his thing, you know. Yeah, I had James Gadsden on the show a while back, and he had a Zigaboo oh shirt God. on uh, when he was on the show, and it made me happy that even even the greats love the greats, you know. Oh man, he's one of my all-time favorites as well. Kissing my love—that's another in the cracks groove. That hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. God, Bill Withers is one of my all-time favorite just singers in general too. So yeah, and that's I, wild. I I'm not sure if it made the show, but I was like trying to get like, so man, how do you how did you you know when you first started playing those sixteenth notes so quietly but with such control like how'd you i was trying to get some geeky answer and he's like i don't know just relax like, yeah okay <laughs> i feel like all the best stuff is is that you know they're yeah. just they're like it just happens naturally for someone and everyone else is like how are you doing that and like just 
just playing. I was born <laughs> me know? and I'm just yeah. me. Yeah, that's kind of they don't they don't know how to answer it, which is true. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the right answer is relax. Like, of course, it's like, oh, well, you go to this three days a week. I did this for an hour. It's like, right. Well, exactly. Well, that's what we that's what as you know, people who study were like, we want to hear that because like, oh, then we can do that. And, yeah, exactly. You know, but it's it's cool, though. <laughs> I think everyone has their own uh, own vibe or own feel behind the kit that, you know, starts to come to life the more you play. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, so number four. Here's an, cap- another curveball. I love it. I love curveballs. Um, yeah. The Capitol Vaults Jazz Series, since uh, Big John Patton, and the artist is, of course, Big John Patton. The release year, uh, you said you believe 2011, but it's an, it's a compilation from the it's 60s. A compil- so. Yeah, it's all from yeah. the 60s albums, yeah. 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 The Silver Meter, uh, a few key tracks, The Silver Meter, Spiffy Diffy, String Bean, and the drummer is uh, is Ben Dixon. Clifford yeah. Jarvis. So yeah, there's a few drummers on the record, obviously, because this is kind of the, uh, it's a compilation of his career, but um, yeah. yeah, take it away. Yeah. So this is, this kind of opened up the door to soul jazz and organ trio stuff for me. And I have my own organ trio under my name called the Tim Carmen Trio. Mm-hmm. I guess the past like five years, probably most of the music that I listen to is, is in this style. And this album in particular just Ben Dixon's playing on it is so unique and swinging and feels incredible. And just the lineup to it, it's, you know, big John Patton on organ, Grant Green on guitar and Ben Dixon on drums. And they played with so many people too, around that time. They played with Harold Vick and Don Wilkerson and, and Lou Donaldson. So a lot of those old jazz records that I love, they're kind of the machine behind, behind it. One thing in particular that I love that Ben Dixon does is, he almost like crashes on the bell of the cymbal. You can hear it in like silver meter. And it's just like a little thing that I, you know, I, I like picking out things that I never hear other drummers do, but you know, you can hear one drummer do that. And you're like, oh, that's cool. That's, that's unique, you know? So, and his shuffle feels ridiculous too. I love Ben Dixon's shuffle. So is he still yeah. around? No, he passed away fairly recently. I think it was 2018, but a friend of mine, an organ player named Adam Scone, who I play with, uh, he actually, we played a lot with him towards the end of his life and it's been cool to just talk to Adam about, you know, his experience with Ben Dixon. Ben Dixon also composed Spiffy Diffy, which is one of the tracks on the record that I put down. So Yeah. And to talk about yeah. Clifford Jarvis, who believe I I wanna say he's been on the podcast before not been on the podcast, but he's oh, been wow. talked about before. Yeah. But yeah, he's um, from Boston. I know that. What's what's the backstory with, with him? Because he's the other drummer you mentioned and specifically yeah, so on he's String not- Bean. Yeah, he's not on uh, as many of the albums as Ben Dixon, but he's on that one. And the feel on String Bean is a really interesting, like, I don't even know what, which maybe like halftime funk sort of, like a boogaloo type thing. It inspired me for one of my own tracks actually called Southpaw that's on my new album. So I spent a lot of time kind of studying it, that, that feel. Other than that, I know he's from, he's from Boston. I don't know that much about him otherwise, though. It's a person I want to uh, look into more for sure all right so this so let's just listen let's go back to ben dixon so this is the first yep. track on that compilation um and it's called the silver meter so here we go yeah you can hear this bell thing in this too that he does it's cool even that organ kind of has that swung dun, 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 yeah dun. It's in like the a, cracks exactly yeah. yeah it's interesting and his ride playing is not really straight you know it's there's a little lilt to it. There it is, right? 
And I love Grant Green. It's just everything he does on these records is amazing. What would be your nickname if you, like this, you know, Philly Joe, Papa Joe, we got Big John Patton. <laughs> what would Tim's be? Probably something related to eating, because I'm always uh, snacking on the road. So Tim the Snacker, maybe, something like that. <laughs> Tim the Munch, Carmen. The Munch, the perfect, yeah. Do you want to put on a Spiffy Diffy, too, maybe, that one? That, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's throw, yeah, because that... Ben Dixon wrote this one, and it's a great shuffle. Oh, yeah. Those others are really back there. Yep. Like, this is my bread and butter favorite, you know, style to play. I could just play this in 90 minutes, and I'd be happy, you know. Is he doing just quarter notes in the ride? Mostly. He's throwing in the skip note every once in a while, but he's really, you're right, like he's really accenting the quarter note quite a bit. That's really cool. I was saying yeah. it sounds like it's a sizzle cymbal too, which is really... Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's that bell. He crashes on the bell. It's so swinging. I need to get this record. This is a good, like, kind of background hanging out and making dinner music. Yeah, it totally is. I love Grant Green's solo on this too. Now, number five. So, uh, yeah, album is Natural Boogie. The artist is yeah. Hound Dog Taylor. Release here is 1974. The key track we're going to listen to in a second is See Me in the Evening. The drummer's Ted Harvey. I have no idea who he is. And I'm sure people are like, Ben, we don't care if you don't know any of these drummers, but just talk about it. I want to <laughs> no, let you, this, you know this one, so you can tell us more about it. Yeah, this one is definitely, this. when I said before, oh, this is a curveball, this is the one that I kind of meant was, was more of a curveball. So the okay. story behind this so the band that I play with, GA20, we put out a Hound Dog Taylor tribute album. Mm. Basically, Matt and Pat, they were the two who started the band, and they started it inspired by uh, Hound Dog Taylor. So Hound Dog Taylor was in the house rockers. It was two guitarists and a drummer, and that's it. And one of the guitarists sang. So there's no bass player, and that's the exact setup that GA20 is, my band. We have two guitarists and myself on drums. Mm. So before we recorded that album... I dug into Ted Harvey's playing a lot. The way he plays shuffles to this day, I've never heard anyone else play it like he did. He has especially, well, there's a few things that he does, but the main one I like to talk about is, I call it like a little cymbal flutter that he does, uh, almost like he does like a buzz note on his ride cymbal. A lot of times he'll do it like right after the backbeat or he'll do it right before the backbeat. And it's, it's unique. It's, he, there's like a looseness to his playing, but yet it's driving at the same time. It's almost like punk rock blues. There's like an energy to it that's really raw. Another interesting thing about the, the have you heard of Alligator Records? Kind of, yeah, but I'm going to say no yeah. just so I can, yeah. Yeah, that's, so, mo, you know, they're a blues label that's still around and they put out tons of blues records. And the reason the label started is this guy, Bruce Iglauer started the label for Hound Dog Taylor and the House Rockers because they were too raw and none of the other labels would put out any of their music. And he mm. was like, well, this stuff's awesome. So I'm going to start Alligator Records and 
put out you know their first record so that's awesome <laughs> they were notorious too for like brewer phillips and hound dog were fighting with each other all the time i one of them shot the other i think Whoa. at one point and went to prison and yeah a bunch of crazy stuff happened within that band so we uh we did some gigs recently with george thorogood and the destroyers they grew up following around hound dog taylor mm-hmm. so they had all these stories about they would drive hound dog when he came to boston they'd drive him around to shows and stuff like that and they had some cool stories about playing music and listening to them play and stuff so it was cool awesome to chat with them about it so all right well here is see me in the evening by hound dog taylor <laughs> well i know you got them i got them too i got the blue tonight Yes, I know you don't love me now, baby. I know the reason why. Because you got somebody now, baby. You're treating me like a child. You say, see you in a... Oh, yeah, that's all. Try to see me in nothing. Oh, you don't see me at all. I ain't got nobody now, baby. I'm sitting here all alone. I just would you make up your mind. If baby ain't come on home, boy, I see you in the evening. Oh, yeah, but that's all. If I see you in the evening, boy, well, I don't see it all. So I definitely have taken a, a bunch of elements from the way he played and, and tried to make them my own mm-hmm. because I, I, like I said, I, I've never heard anyone else play a shuffle like that. And some people might say it's sloppy or it's, you know, whatever, but I think there's a lot of character to it and it's really unique. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to be, you know, a lot of inspiration that can be taken from, from something like that for sure. So Absolutely. I, yeah. I'm not one to, to listen to a lot of blues, if not for any other reason that just like, it's so overwhelming to how many songs and music I listen to, yeah. um, yeah, and yeah. need to be learning and all, whatever. But, um, yeah, blues is so cool. I definitely, yeah, for sure. I'm happy I, I think got too, this there's... list from you cause I want to go down, you know, and then also yeah. big John Patton and yeah. Yep. I think too, there's a lot of like new blues that's coming out. That's, that's great, but it's in my opinion, kind of more like rock. Mm-hmm. And I like the old, you know, GA 20s whole thing was, was started, you know, taking inspiration from like late fifties, early sixties, Chicago blues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's almost more of like a jazz element to that style of drumming, yeah. even in the way the drums are tuned and the way it's swinging. Like you check out Fred B. He's another Chicago drummer who I love the way he plays. So yeah, I, I kind of uh, am drawn more to that style of blues and the, like early rock and roll stuff than more of the newer, heavier stuff, I guess. So. Sure. All right. Well, let's go to your honorable mention because you did want to make oh. sure this cat got some got some airtime. So yes. the album is well, is by Wynton Kelly. But mm-hmm. if you actually want to take it away because we added that last minute, so I actually don't have all the little information yeah, there. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's out. It's Wynton Kelly Trio. Okay. Is the is a and the album is called Kelly at Midnight. And this, for me, was a gateway into Philly Joe Jones. I'd always listened to Philly and respected his playing, and you know, but this album in particular, 
um, I think made me fall in love with the way he played. Mm. And it's to this day, I think one of my favorite trio albums of all time, his brushwork, his swing feel, his soloing, and just the ensemble playing as well. It's, it's incredible. And I also really like the way like sonically it's, it sounds, it's a, it's an interesting sounding album. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and I have a book that is coming out too about Philly Joe Jones uh, called Phillyism. Um, it's like the sequel to my Haynesism book, um, mm. where I basically take one piece of vocabulary and turn it inside out, making it, you know, permutating it and orchestrating it. And the whole point of the book is to absorb one piece of vocabulary. I based it off of uh, that Bruce Lee quote. It's like, I, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but the man who practiced one kick 10,000 times. So that's, that's the whole point of it. But uh, I, I, there's a lot to be said about Philly. And let's put on uh, skating. I like that one. And I think it's, well, I like all of them, but I feel like that one uh, gets overlooked sometimes. Sure. All right, here we go. Here's yeah. Skating by Winton Kelly Trio. I love his hi-hat work on this. It's a very broken up pattern. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's so swinging. It's an interesting head, too. Like, I really like this. This is one of those songs I've always wanted to try to play in a trio setting. I haven't had a chance to, but yeah. it's a cool, cool tune. I love that. Da 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 da. Those little. It's funny though, it took me a while, I think, to uh, respect, admire this stuff more than some of the busier, you know, playing. Sure. Like just to be able to sit into a swing feel like this and, and do it for an entire song mm -hmm. is, takes a lot of discipline and control. Yes. It's a, this is another album that, like, if you have a young student who's like wants to get into jazz, like, get, show them this. It's, it's hell yeah, yeah, very very approachable for sure. And the way he solos on he solos on most of the tracks on this, it's just so creative and uh, mm -hmm. so much personality in his in his playing. You know, it's like one thing to be able to execute something on the drums, but to have like that level of personality. It's like, how do you, you know, getting to that point is very, you know, challenging. It's never ending. Yeah. So. Keyword, never ending. Yeah. Drums, yeah. it's never ending. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
That's one of my favorite things he does is I, he leading out of like a solo, usually into a bass solo. He has that little like roll on a snare that he does right to the hi-hat. It's, it's cool. Yeah. He definitely has a voice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those three played together on a lot of awesome stuff. Winton, Paul, and, and Billy. I mean, this solo is. I'm really happy you threw that in there because um, that was yeah. probably uh, my favorite pick. Yeah, that's it's great. Awesome. So I have uh, taken up a lot of your time, but let's let, let's talk about GA20. Let's talk about yeah, the, sure. the Tim Carmen Trio. Um, take it away. Do some self promotion, and then I'll let you get back right. to your. You just you just got back from tour. I'm not sure if that was recorded or not, but yeah, you should just go veg out for 24 hours, man. Just chill. Yeah. So yeah, I was just touring with G20. Uh, we're like. I guess we're called blues, like heavy blues trio. It's two guitars and myself on drums and we're on the road quite a bit. So maybe I'll give you the link to the website. You can, if anyone out there wants to catch us on tour. Yeah. I'll drop it in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Perfect. We just came back. We were in Italy recently, um, starting in September. We're going to be out for basically like three months straight, just all over the country, uh, doing some shows with Dwayne Betts as well, which will be fun. And uh, All Them Witches. I don't know if you know oh, them. Yeah. We're playing oh, yeah. Some sh- yeah, we're doing some shows with them also. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're really busy. And then I have my own side project, which is an organ trio in the style kind of of the Big John Patton, uh, Grant Green stuff we were just listening to. Uh, it's got uh, Steve Fell on guitar. He's like a, a Boston-based jazz guitarist. And Ken Clark on organ and uh, yeah, we just put out a record. Actually, there's a label based in Los Angeles it's called F Spot Records. Okay. I don't know if, yeah, they, uh, they put the record out. It's called King Comfy. Um, yeah, just, just dropped recently, actually. So Awesome. Where can people purchase yeah. that? Uh, you can get it on my website or the F Spot Records website, or I believe it's on Amazon and all the other, all the other things. We have CD and vinyl and all sorts of different stuff, so... Man. And then I have a, uh, my next book is coming out. I think actually it's officially out. Today is August 8th. I think it's officially out on the 10th. So it's coming out on via Hudson Music. It's called Phillyism. Okay. And it just analyzes, you know, Philly's rudimental approach to soloing pretty much. And awesome. So yeah, check all of that out. <laughs> yeah. So that's your fifth book? 
It's my fifth book, yeah. Wow. I, uh, the first book I put out uh, is, is a kid's drumming book, and that came out actually because Gary Chafee, I taught his grandson. This is a whole other story, and I used Go the in, method in it. Yeah, yeah. So Gary is, you know, obviously a, a legendary drummer and teacher, and mm-hmm. um, I used to study with him, and he knew I taught kids. So he and his grandson Tiernan, who I think was six at the time, was was wanted to learn how to play drums, and Gary's like, I don't know what to do with this kid. I, I, you know, I teach like professionals or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you want to come over my house and, and teach him, which was one of the more nerve wracking things I've ever done. Was he standing over your shoulder? Just like, yeah, Man. literally. Yeah. He's Jesus. like, so what do you, yeah. Yeah. And he, he'd like every, after every lesson, he's like, what are you giving him for homework? What do you know? And I was like, Oh my God. So, and it was crazy just to like, you know, teach Tiernan, Billy Jean, you know, the drum part for mm-hmm. that. And like that J.R. Robinson was a student of Gary Chafee's. You know what I mean? So it's like, Oh my God. Um, I was, it was just a cool experience. And, uh, Gary saw the method that I use, which I came up with basically, which uses shapes to show what the drums are. Um, and he introduced me to Alfred music and that's how my first book came out pretty much. So have him to thank for that. That's awesome. What are the other few books that people want to check it out? Yeah. So I, uh, there's uh, shape beats for kids and then there's a shape beats kind of a sequel that's also for adults because I was teaching 40, 50 year, you know, year olds who didn't want to learn drum notation and they loved my shape method. So they were like, can you just put a book out for that? And I was like, all right, sure. Wow. I want to check that out. I, I'm curious how that, I don't want to make you, I want people to go look at the book, but I am, I'm going to do that as well. I'm, I'm curious about that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Basically it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, like a triangle means play the hi-hat, a square means play the snare drum. A circle means play the bass drum. Okay. And if the shapes are on top of each other, you play them at the same time. Okay. You know? So the book the book has a bunch of songs you can play along with and just those beats written out that way. So yeah, two of those books. And then the third one I put out is uh, called Groove Systems. And there's 10 styles of music in that. Basically, I transcribe different elements of the drum parts for each style, like here's the hi-hat pattern, and here's the snare pattern, and here's the bass drum pattern. One of them is Afrobeat, for example, mm-hmm. we could say. So, uh, you know, I, I labeled 10 hi-hat patterns, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever, 10 snare drum patterns, and uh, same thing for the bass drum, and then you can mix and match all of those patterns to come up with your own variations within that style type of thing. Well, hell yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'll drop all these in the show notes. Um, People go check cool. out the Thank books, you. and uh, I'll let you have a good day, man. But this was this was really fun, dude. I I'm happy to Bart. I believe uh, no, it was uh, it was Zach and, and Matt intro. Yeah, us. yeah. I I, I I had a good chat with Zach, so he, he he hooked it up, which was awesome. Thank you, Zach. Have you have you worked it out with with Bart? Are you going to try and be on Drum History? Yeah, I'm gonna, I think next week we might do. I think that's yeah, we're going to do it next week, which is fantastic. Hell so. yeah, Bart's awesome. I love him, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on too. Thank you very much. You know, it's it's good to good to chat with you, so. dude. I loved your picks, man. I'm I'm definitely uh, a better drummer uh, after talking to you. So I really appreciate yeah. it. Well, I've I've enjoyed watching you play, man. Your videos, you sound great, and Cannons is kick ass. So I definitely need to see you guys live. Thank you, man. Yeah, we're gonna be out all of September and October, early November too. So maybe we'll nice. high five on the Cross road someday. Paths. Yeah, yeah. We'll meet. Yeah. I'll meet you at Bucky's, man. <laughs> this was Perfect. really fun, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Cheers, Tim. Bye. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. 
It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!